that's why I'm so tired. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, here we are. We're nearly at the end of the calendar year. Although in the Christian year, this is very near the beginning. If you follow the, the Christian faith calendar, this is just the fourth day of Christmas. So, but uh, Christmas Day is coming past. Although, how many of you still have a Christmas to celebrate with some wing of the family somewhere? How many? Oh yeah, still like a quarter of you. Um, what a season it's been. How many of you since like November have spent two days at least violently ill? Is that, uh, yeah, that's like more of you. That, that thing's crazy. I hope, you, I hope that passes you by. I thought we'd start out uh, the Christian year or ending the calendar here with some prayers. Um, and first for things that we're thankful for. Um, so you saw the poll anywhere um, at the scrolling at the beginning. You can be on your phone right now if you want and, and text us in on that uh, service some things that you're thankful for. Maybe we could put that screen up again. And um, uh, we'll scroll those during worship so that we can agree in prayer together, things we're thankful for. So this is a gift card box. You know, once you're a teenager and older, you like to get these for Christmas because, you know, there's money in there. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for how God has provided for the needs of the church. Now, it's not all in. You know, we still got three days left here in this year, but uh, it's going very very well a lot of generosity in this congregation do you guys know that you gave so much last year at this time that we exceeded the needs of the church budget so the elders had to come together and and pray and decide well who does God want us to share this with so there was a ministry in Jamaica um, not the sunny beach part the poverty part up in the mountains with the mud and the jungle and uh, they needed a vehicle to bring volunteers in mission groups in for that ministry so we gave them four thousand dollars and that uh, put them to their goal to get a new ministry bus so we have a picture of that um the hope center is an inner city ministry uh here in kansas city serves uh, a neighborhood off of uh, linwood and we gave a fifteen thousand dollar gift to the hope center because uh, you were so generous and god provided so well what we did with that is we bought tables at, at their fundraising banquet and so even though it was a corporate fundraiser we crashed it as a church and we were the biggest organization represented and, and gave the most um and uh and then the people sitting at those tables that night out of their own gave another $35,000 on that fundraising night. So a big night for inner city ministry because of the generosity that started here. The, the Prodeo is a uh, youth center right here in Lee Summit that serves at-risk teens. Uh, you all gave enough that we were able to, to take 16 teens and volunteers from that and let them join us at Lakeland Camp this year. Had a Disney theme. Those teens loved it. It was so fun having them there. A lot of them said... Uh, we want to come back in two years to Lakeland Camp, which they'll be aged out of the program by then. So I guess they'll have to become volunteers if they want to come back to Lakeland Camp with us. I hope that happens. So, and we found out that we have hail damage on our roof and it was starting to cause leaks and it was going to cause leaks all over the place. And so because of God's provision, we're getting a new roof on this building. So that's all the materials you see sitting out there. So we'll have to put about 9000 in. We're hoping year-end giving will raise that. That's just the deductible and to pay someone to come supervise a project since what I know about roofs, you could fit into a tiny, tiny box. But the roof we're getting will be worth $750,000. So that is an amazing, amazing work of the Lord that we are thankful for. So I got this Bible for Christmas, not this Christmas, as you can see, this is very used. It says on the front page here that I got this Bible uh, in 1987. I was 14 years old. 
Uh, now, I'll say at 14, I wasn't super excited that one of my gifts was a Bible. But let me tell you a few years later when Christ crashed into my life in a big way, this was the Bible that I read cover to cover. Um, I am thankful this year because of how many of you are in the scriptures and in the word and involved in our small groups ministry. Small groups ministry is awesome. Now, when I went to seminary, they told us if your church chooses to do the small groups model, you won't be able to get more than 30% of the congregation to take part. So if you get 30% of your congregation into small groups, you've done the best job that you can do. Right now at Lakeland, 75% of you are involved in small groups. Yeah, amen, amen. And that's because we have the best small group leaders in the multiverse. Um, so, it, you know, all our small group leaders are volunteers, and they're doing good stuff, uh, Bible studies, Christian book studies, prayer practices. I mean, the groups here are awesome. I wish I could be in all of them. Um, so many of you are involved in serving in the ministry. Do you know how many pastors are getting up right now this morning, and they're trying to do a message to Wake the dead for 2020. Will you please be involved in ministry? Will you please be involved in your own spiritual growth? Let's, you know, get excited. And they're just trying so hard and we just don't have to do that here. 66% of you are serving on a ministry team right now, right after this service. You will go be a greeter. You'll go up to the children's ministry. You'll go out and get, make sure the building's in shape. Some of you will be small group leaders through the week. Some of you lead in women's ministry, a worship team, tech team, dozens of teams and some of you create the ministries that, that happen here at the church. You created them, you lead them. Some of them are nationally known. So um, I'm so thankful that you get the mission of Jesus Christ. Nobody has to tell you. Often you have to tell us, like, speed up, you're too slow. You know, we got work to do here. And I'm so uh, very thankful for that. I'm thankful for the people who come to Christ here. I'm thankful that that happens. This church has been around long enough now that we have kids who grew up here that are now becoming involved in ministry themselves. So I thought you'd probably like to hear one of those, their stories. So I want to welcome uh, Jacqueline Turner to come up and share her story. Jacqueline has grown up here in the church, as she'll tell you, and uh, now she's on our staff. And I just think that's an amazing thing God has done. So thank you, Jacqueline. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Turner, and this is my story. When I was a young child, my family and I moved next door to the Wilburns, and they invited us to Lakeland, and as you can see, it definitely stuck. I cannot remember a time in my life when Lakeland wasn't my home church. I grew up in the children's ministry and was involved in all of the activities. Lakeland has always been my home, and it has always had my back. While in middle school, I tried out other churches and were involved in their youth groups, But when I was going through tough times and struggles, those youth groups were nowhere to be found. But Lakeland was always here for me. Lakeland has accepted me for who I am. They look at me for who I am, not my past, but where I am in my life right now. Lakeland, with or people within Lakeland, actually care about me and my well-being. If I'm not at church, I will have at least five people text me asking me where I am and if I'm okay. And then the week after, 20 people will come up to me and ask me where I was. I am never forgotten, and I am always missed. No wonder this, La- this church is called Lakeland Community, because the community is immaculate. When I first got into high school, my mom basically forced me to serve in the youth rooms. But when what started out as a punishment turned into a passion, 
<laughs> I love serving with the students. They are my life and have been for the past four to five years. Not only do I love the students, I consider myself to be one of their biggest fans. I'm always trying to support them in all ways that I possibly can. And I genuinely enjoy coming and serving every Sunday and Wednesday because it always puts a smile on my face. I could not have found my passion without Lakeland and their youth groups. I'm so, Lakeland for, I'm so thankful for Lakeland and everything it has done for me. It has shown me my true passion, which is people and serving. It has shown me how to have a relationship with Christ, and it has shown me that I am never alone. Lakeland has molded me to be the woman I am today, and I could not have done it without them. I cannot wait to see what Lakeland has in store for my future. If it has already done this much for me, there is so much more to come. And Lakeland would not be the same without Jesus, so praise God for all the blessings um, that he blesses us with all these amazing people and this amazing environment that I have, and many others get to call home. I love Lakeland Community Church, and this is my story. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. I thank God for that. So if you want to get on that poll service and add, what are you thankful to God for this year? We'd love to celebrate that with you during worship. So here's a Christmas present t-shirt. This is the women's ministry t-shirt. You only get to wear this if you're part of the women's ministry. And I am so thankful for the women's ministry that we have here at Lakeland, all the leaders who are in it. Uh, They have so many different prayer retreats you can do locally. You can go away for a weekend to learn to pray. They have spiritual direction that you can have here to be guided in the spiritual life. There's a women's Bible study on Wednesdays, meets during the day next to the office. The, The room is packed. It is full of energy. They have so much fun. I wish I could join the women's ministry Bible study, but I can't for obvious reasons. Although they let Pastor Dan come for 10 weeks, so I don't know what that says. But uh, they, have, they have fun nights for fellowship and evangelism. Um, they have uh, wellness. Um, you know, the, the refit and all is, is a part of that because too often in Christianity, we think of ourselves as just a soul in a spacesuit or a brain on a stick. But we are a human being and mind, body, soul are all one and it's the temple of the spirit. And when we attend to all those things, we receive the fullness of the Christian life. So I'm so, so thankful for the women's ministry. And I'm also thankful for that new men's ministry. Forge that's getting started. I think we have a video from our kickoff event. So I think some guy saved his lumber and, and trees for, for a year so we could have our men's bonfire. In Lakeland style, we do it up big. Fire department came out, but they, they gave us their blessing. It seemed controlled enough for them. <laughs> I don't know what that says about Grain Valley Fire Department. But, uh, but we're very excited for the men's ministry, and we, and we thank God for that. So I have a prayer here for the things we're thankful for that we can pray together. Um, You do the, the all caps bold part and here we go. For providing for us, for bringing us together in church, for the work you are doing among the men and women of Lakeland. Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. So bicycles, the gift that used to require assembly. Now I think you can go to the store and buy them just like this. But uh, how many of you bought a gift this year that had to be put together? Yeah, less of that all the time. Kids' gifts are getting real digital, but there's still some, some assembly required. I thought some of the things we're praying for in 2020, we really need God to help us with. They are definitely uh, some assembly required. Uh, We'll go back to that that men's ministry, which we're representing with a sword, because weapons are cool. 
Anytime you can wield a weapon during your sermon, you should definitely do that. But we need God's guidance. We need God's guidance for this men's ministry so that it follows a good path. You know, we have gone many generations now in our culture with men not having a clear picture of what a Christian man should be. I mean, just look at the state of things. What does a Christian man do? What does a Christian man not do? How does a Christian man think and look and act and pray and serve and love? What does a Christian man do? We pray that God will give us a clear vision for that in the new year. I'm talking about male integrity. I'm talking about male responsibility. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit to be healed from our addictions. I'm talking about being healed from the abuse that some of us suffered as boys. I'm talking about the power of God the Father and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and the example of Christ Jesus coming to help our men know how to love deeply and fiercely as Christ Jesus loved. That's what we're praying for to guide us in the new year. We also have some prayers for our women's ministry. And I've asked uh, Kendra Matthewson, one of our women's ministry leaders, to come share that with us. So let's uh, come on up, Kendra. So I asked Kendra, what do you discern to be how we should be praying for our women's ministry in the in the church? So if you would just share that with us, that'd be great. Thank you. We don't become women of God by trying or striving to become a woman of God. That pretty much ends up in a journey of shoulds and judgment and defeat and frustration. Because what we've learned around here is that we become like God through a life of surrender. Our vision for women is nothing new. It's what we've been working to create an environment for since the beginning. We're here. We want to support women who live a life surrendered to God, living in the light and freedom of knowing she is loved unconditionally and valued by the most loving, wonderful creator and king of the universe. That she may become a woman who remembers to return to him at the well so that she may be filled up with him and pour out that love on others, moving always toward the wholeness found only in Jesus, becoming who he made her to be, and encouraging others in the same way. Each woman, each woman's journey of surrender looks different, and we want to encourage through sharing what he does in our own lives and celebrating that and wrestling with it all together in love, immersed in truth and grace. This is what we pray that God will continue to inspire in women here at Lakeland. Thank you, Kendra. Thank you. Our sisters in Christ. Ah, the virtual reality helmet. So excited. My, so proud. My son was able to build his own computer to run this. So this is a video game. And you put this on and you just enter another world. Worlds come, come through this thing. And uh, if we talk about men and women, our children also need guidance in this world. And we're praying to God for that. You know, uh, growing up now is different than when you and I are kids. Even the simple things are different now. It's not just boys and girls anymore. Now, uh, according to some, there are dozens, sometimes way more than dozens of genders. Now, how is a child supposed to, to navigate that? How is a child supposed to, to understand all of that? Um, if you look at Gen Z or iGen, whatever you want to call it, born 1995 and after, 
teenage like sexual experimentation and teenage pregnancy and these types of things are way down compared to what they were in the previous three generations. So good job, Gen Z. Now, Gen Z has new problems of its own, and most of it comes from the virtual and digital world. The average age for exposure to hardcore pornography now is 11. 11. That's just the average. The statistics go all the way down to 3. 3. How are 3-year-olds viewing hardcore pornography? Because 3-year-olds, look at them at the restaurant, are being given their own cell phones and tablets. And those things can go anywhere. You can try to block it, but you can never block it all. There's a whole industry to make sure that you can't do that. There's a whole industry to make sure that our children become addicted to these sorts of things. This VR helmet, for example, has no parental controls. I went online to, now I can block things at the router. I can try to. But I went online to find out why does this game system have no parental controls? And they says, the manufacturer, our game system is only for age 13 and older. Oh, well, that explains. I didn't realize seventh grade was now the appropriate threshold for hardcore pornography. This world is sick. This world is sick, and if God doesn't help us guide, we're going to be raising up an entire generation of porn addicts and perverts and predators. We need God's help to navigate away from this sort of thing. It's not just the sexual stuff. Our kids regularly report, beautiful children regularly report to us. that They go to school and are called ugly and stupid all day long. Some of them start these YouTube channels thinking they're going to be an international star. What they get is a comment page of people encouraging them to kill themselves. How sick is this world? We need God's guidance. We're praying for God's guidance, that our children know they are loved, that there is a plan for them, that they probably need to gain some wisdom about how much of these worlds they even need in their life. What are you praying for? That's another question you can answer on the poll. And then during worship, we'll scroll through and, um, and, and uh, agree in prayer with you. So... Go ahead and put up there, what are you praying for? We'd love, we'd love to hear that. This magnifying glass, I got this as a stocking stuffer a few years ago. I love magnifying glasses. It can also often reveal a truth that you can't quite see um, with the naked eye. I once used this to let someone know they did not have bed bugs. They were so happy. Just normal bugs in your bed, not bed bugs. (laughs) So anyways... But we need to pray for God for truth this year. We're just about at the bottom, aren't we, of who we can trust. Who can you trust anymore? Can you trust the news? No, no, the news is super biased. Channels are either way, way to the left or way, way to the right or way, way to this country or way to that country. You have to watch like five news reports on the same event from three different news organizations in two different countries to even have a hope of maybe knowing what happened. That's not good. Can you trust science? I was trained as a scientist. Can you, can you trust the scientific method? Nope. Turns out you can't. Um, science is now, turns out, whatever the person who paid for the study told them to, or if it's controlled by a university, that university will only allow certain scientific questions to be asked, and certain ones don't get asked at all. So science can't be tr- Can you trust religion? Can you trust the people of faith, the people of God? Nope, they seem just as biased and just as sold out to human entities and human leaders as any of the other organizations I've already mentioned. In fact, as you're sending us in what you're praying for, don't bother praying that this person or that person will get elected. We're not going to put that up or not get elected. We're not going to put that up. 
if you want to pray for wisdom for our country, if you want to pray for unity for our country, if you want to pray for God's will for the best possible leader to bring us together, we'll put that up all day long. That's good stuff. But we're not going to be sold out to some political party. We follow Jesus Christ. Those people may come pander to us and try to give us what we want because we're citizens and they work for us. That's fine. But we're not giving them what they want. We're not giving them this pulpit or this stage. What about social media? Can you trust social media? That was supposed to be a democratic village worldwide where we all just go on there and now nobody filters us. It's just us being our real selves. Nope, (laughs) nope. It's way overrepresented by the loudest, most angry people and it's controlled by computer algorithms we're learning and uh, it's controlled by people who write articles with clickbait titles. How often do you click on an article and that's not even what the article's about? They just did it to get you to look at another ad. Foreign governments are in on it. So you can't trust that either. So I don't even really exactly know what I'm praying for other than God will give us his eyes so that we can have a truth we can trust. That he will bring something into our culture all around the world that we can trust and know truth and know what's going on. And and, and how much of, of these digital worlds do we really even need how much of those are even real to us? That's what, we're, that's what we're praying for in the new year. And then that brings me to this candle. Fire has often represented the work of the Holy Spirit in the world. And when cultures get about to where ours are, where the, the, the trust in God is, is very low and the things of God are mostly ignored and much of the church is astray and distracted into things that have nothing to do with Christ Jesus. Very often when the people of God pray, God has sent his Holy Spirit to bring revival. Revival is when a whole culture, seemingly all at once, has a renewed dedication to God, a renewed focus on one's own sin and redemption and love right in one's own community. You read about these in the 1700s and 1800s, the Great Awakenings. And some of you came from the 1970s, the Jesus People Movement, or some aspect of it, even if it was just a band or a single preacher or a writer. Um, Folks like me came from the 1990s Church Growth Movement. Now, every one of those revivals had silly byproducts and excesses, because it's run by people, right? Um, same, Same in the Bible. But every one of those also moved an entire culture, preserved cultures, turned hearts to God and had a huge harvest of folks who were being saved. So will you join me uh, this year in praying again for a revival? We need one right about now. And, and God, if, if you need us to do something to prepare our heart for that, to prepare our church for that, to prepare your people, our ears are open and we will be obedient and we will do that. So we've got a prayer up here on the screen for us to pray on what we're asking God for this year. For men, for women, for children, for truth, for revival, we pray. So I love Christmas villages. I got a huge Christmas village in my living room. Two card tables for town square and and a big one by 12 goes behind the sofa for the countryside. And uh, at the center of our Christmas village, we always put this country church because we believe it's the community of faith that always makes the center of of the community. Um, Elders in a church, when you guys ordain elders, the primary thing you're uh, ordaining them for is to discern the will of God for the community. That's their main job. So we've talked this morning about things we're thankful for and things we're asking God for. 
But what is God asking of us? I want to spend some time there. Our elders meet a couple times a month all year round to pray and discuss and try to hear what we believe God is calling Lakeland to. And let me tell you, for two years, we have consistently heard the same two things over and over again. One, always be ready for the next new person who walks through those doors that they can receive Jesus Christ. And two, grow younger So let's start with the first one. That first one, always be ready for the next new person that walks through those doors that they can receive Jesus Christ. That is not new. That is um, the, the mission of this church from the very beginning. God scraped the dust together and made Lakeland for that mission. So that is just a part of our DNA. And it leads to all kinds of questions. Is there a space for them in the parking lot? Is there a friendly greeter to welcome them? Is the building clean? Are the bathrooms clean? Is the coffee hot? Is the children's ministry going to be exciting and fun and loving for their kids? Is the worship music going to be well done? Is, is the preaching going to be engaging? Is there a small group to receive them so they can go further and further in their faith? Is there a prayer ministry? The questions go on forever. Many of you are part of the ministries that are meant to answer those questions because we want to remove every obstacle, every objection, every offense that might stand between someone receiving the good news of Christ Jesus. Now, we can't make them receive Christ Jesus. That's between them and God. But as far as it goes with us, we try to remove every possible obstacle objection thing that might make someone unnecessarily uncomfortable there's a necessary uncomfortableness in following god and we can't remove that that's not honest but unnecessarily uncomfortable you want to see something make someone unnecessarily uncomfortable oh good thing that's a fake gift um this stain on the carpet i'm staring at this stain right now and it if it had a a outline tape dead body next to it that would make that scene work it looks like a crime has been committed over here one thing we need to do right quick toward our mission is we need to freshen up around here a little bit i'm not talking about laser light shows and ice sculptures of pastor dan i'm just talking about carpet <laughs> although that would be fun i'm talking about carpet and paint and tile because 913 colburn road has served us well friends but 2005 called and they want their color palette back Now, I know for a lot of you are like, I do not care about that carpet and tile. The place looks fine. Let's do something. What's that have to do with Jesus? I know, I know a lot of you. Oh, I'm getting to that. I know a lot of you don't care. All right. But this is where I want to say it's not for you. It's not for you. It's for the next new person that walks through those doors. Now, if you invite your boss to come here, and your boss sits next to that crime scene stain, is he going to look down there and think, oh yeah, this place is normal. These people are safe. They've got it all together. This is a life I want to live. I mean, it just says something weird. Do you have stains like that on your carpet at home? Then why do you want one in the house of God? So we clean these as best we can, but this carpet's 15 years old. Come on. And these, these wall colors that brought to you, or they gave it away, by Berber, Gerber Baby Food, um, no more. No more. If you're still not sold, I I got this analogy for you. This is for all you Kansas Cityans. So here we have two barbecue joints from here in town. These are real places. You've probably been in here, all right? Wood tables, chandeliers, and, and then there's this place. Now, this place here looks awesome, but let's be honest. If you eat there, 
that barbecue is just a little better than what you can buy over the counter at the grocery store. Now, this place is a grease pit. It's crowded. If you sit in those chairs, you may have to peel yourself back up again. It smells bad. So why is it so full of people? Because people from Kansas City know, I'll be diplomatic, that's one of the top three (laughs) barbecue places in Kansas City. But you know what? Only longtime Kansas Cityans can know that. When new people come to Kansas City, where do you think they wind up? Eating substandard barbecue. Because it looks, this place looks weird. Now here at Lakeland, we got the ribs. Our children's ministry's got the ribs. They're writing their own curriculum up there. They take a Bible story and study it four different ways over the course of a month. The kid gets to do art and games and storytelling and prayer. That children's ministry's got the ribs. Now, I'm telling you. Women's ministry's got the ribs. Did you hear all the prayer retreats and spiritual direction and Bible studies that the women's ministry doing? Our prayer ministry's got the ribs. Pastor Dan takes 20, 25 people at a time, and they spend the whole weekend in prayer. They go from people who used to barely pray five minutes a day to someone who can pray in silence and solitude for an entire day. That prayer ministry's got the ribs, but only old-timers can know that. Somebody has to be here long enough to experience all that. So we want to give them that interior. Well, it's not going to look like that. (laughs) A quality, safe interior. But then we're going to serve up the ribs. Think about that. We don't have any specific plan to do that right now. We are just in prayer that God will provide a means if, in fact, we have, uh, if we, in fact, have discerned his uh, will correctly. Now for the second thing we've been hearing from God. Grow younger. So I have a graph here. This is the age distribution of Lakeland 10 years ago in 2007 or 9, I guess. Okay, when I, about when I first came here. As you can see, largest percentage of Lakeland in their later 30s at that time. Here is the age distribution today. Okay, now we didn't lose people. The church is actually bigger than it was in 2009, but this is by percentages. And so you can see now we don't just have mostly late 30s. We got a little bit of everybody, so it spreads the curve out. But you can see that spike 10 years later have predictably grown into their late 40s. There they are. Now, what's this spike over here in the early 60s? Did a bunch of you forget your 50s and just age right on through? Okay, that clap of enthusiasm is exactly what I'm about to say. That is evangelism. Folks from their 60s have invited their friends to church. Their friends have liked it, and they have stayed. So they have created their own spike. So clap for yourselves one more time. And then there's this trailing edge back here in the 20s. Okay, Now, all of these bumps matter. But in 20 or 30 years... Which of them really matters? This one back here. This is the future of the church. This is why God wants us to grow younger. So how are we going to grow younger around here? Well, I'm going to talk a lot less about Star Wars and a lot more about Harry Potter. (laughs) See, I've already been reading Harry Potter. I now know that a Nimbus 2000 is awesome, but a Firebolt is awesomer. So... I'm getting there. I'm, I'm turning in my lightsaber. Probably not, though, because Mandalorian's still awesome, right? So we'll still, we can still talk about Mandalorian. So is there a kid here who wants this lightsaber? It's a good one. It makes the wavy sound. It makes the crashy sound. Come on up. Come get it. Now, 
Now, if you turn this on during my message, I will force choke you, understood? <laughs> Don't push that button till you get home, Padawan. All right. Seriously, I don't think Harry Potter is going to totally do it, although I am doing that, honestly. But I don't think that's going to be it. We're also going to have to invest in younger leadership. One commitment I have made, and I wondered if you would do it with me too, is to not start a new ministry here at Lakeland unless half the leadership is in their 20s as it begins. So this new men's ministry we started has two guys my age, two guys in their 20s. I'm really excited about, about what they bring. So new new and younger leadership. We also, you're going to see us next year talking about a new college internship program. We love the internship program that Jacqueline is in, uh, being trained for ministry, but it happens during the school year, so it can only serve students who go to school locally. What about the ones who go away to school and then only come back in the summer? So next year, you're going to hear us talking about a summer college internship program to gather that other group of college students to be trained for Christian ministry who are only here in the summer. And we'll pay them because they got bills too. They need to make a little money in the summer. We're competing with Paradise Park and barbecue joints and stuff. So so we got to make sure that happens, but train the next generation of the church. We're also going to continue to invest in, in those ministries for the young, kindling for the very youngest and campfire for elementary and trailhead for middle school and the clearing for high school and the river for post-high school up to post-college age ministry. Um, that one has, has grown a lot in participation here in the last few months. That concert we just had, they put that on. That was a river-sponsored event, so we're really enthusiastic. We've just taken the uh, pastor or the director of the river. I guess he could be a pastor. He's not ordained yet. Okay, we'll, we'll sort that out. Um, we've taken the director of the river and doubled his hours for our commitment uh, to, that, to that next generation. And one other thing we're gonna, you're going to hear a lot more about is mentoring. I sat down with the group from the river, that 20-somethings ministry, and they told me that what they really want from folks around my age and older is to just be able to hang out and ask questions about how to live the Christian life and receive wisdom of folks who have gone on before. I was really surprised to hear that. But that's, that is what they all said they would like. So um, I thought I'd just let you hear it from some folks who are doing it. So Jason and Jordan, would you come on up? Jordan's also one of those leaders in our men's ministry. Super excited about what he's bringing. Okay, so Jordan, you you started this. You asked, you don't have to turn that on, I hope it's on. You asked Jason something. What did you ask him and why? You have to hold that real close. Real close? Yeah. Yeah, like this? Okay. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I just asked Jason to, to mentor me. So I asked him to meet and, you know, talk about life. Um, I asked him that mainly because I saw in him, you know, qualities in me that had been a little refined with some time. And I thought it was just a really good idea to speak with somebody who'd kind of been down my road. So. Okay. And so, Jason, what do you guys do when you get together? What's this look like? Yeah, we we both like coffee. I didn't used to, but we both like coffee now. So we get coffee together, um, you know, once a week. Uh, and then um, we just get together and kind of just ch- catch up on life. Sometimes we put some structure to it, a little C.S. Lewis book. You know, we're, we've got one that we're thinking about starting now. But really, we just kind of sit around and catch up on life and, and you know, what's going on. And then... Um, there's always seems like there's just moments that arise that I'm kind of like, oh, okay, I, you know, I actually have been through some of what you're kind of experiencing right now, and so I got some words on it. I don't know if they're good or bad, but here they are, and um, yeah, it's kind of what it looks so like. What has been the benefit for both of you? 
of this. How long has this been going on? About a year. About a year. About a year. Yeah. Okay. And what's been yeah. some of the benefit for both of you? Well, I think for me, mainly just what I talked about. I, I think Jason's offered some wisdom and some some moments in my life where I didn't really know what to do or where I was headed. Uh, some confusion as to where to go next. Um, so, yeah, he's just offered a lot of clarity for me and kind of next steps. Yeah, and being a mentor, I mean, it's it becomes mutual really quick. Like, originally it's like, well, you mentor me, but there's so much, uh, a different perspective and so much wisdom. I mean, Jordan's very wise, but um, I constantly walk away myself being like, oh, that's a, an interesting way to think about that. It actually has challenged me. I mean, he's not even a father, but he said things that have made me realize some things I need to do in my parenting. And um, it's, it's really interesting, but it's just through casual conversation, sometimes a little bit of guidance with some, you know, a book or something like that. But God just kind of shows up and Amen. speaks. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you both for your leadership mm-hmm. in, in the church. So you're going to hear more about mentoring in the year 2020, but an easy, it's real easy, it's real grassroots. Those of you who are in your 20s, you just want to be looking around and going, who in this church, like Jordan, do I think I want to be like? I want to have the relationship with God that they have. And then just ask them, would would you go out to coffee or, or can we hang out once a week, twice a month? I could just ask you questions about the Christian life. And those of you who are around my age or, or older, just be prepared. Someone may ask you this question. And you're going to want to say, well, I don't know. Go ask a pastor. But uh, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, they just want you to tell them what God has done. How did you pray when you faced this? So you'll be surprised. And then you're going to receive a perspective and some of that truth we were looking for um, from them as well. Because that's a real person. So think about mentoring, what God, how God may be using that to prepare the next generation of his church. Amen. Let's pray together. Did I put a final prayer up? It's, there we go. For the next new person to walk into your church and for the next generation of your church, Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. Well, here we are at the end of the calendar year and the beginning of the Christian year, and uh, this is a good time to worship. This is the right way, whether you're ending one year or beginning another, the worship of God's the right thing to do. So let's stand together. And in voice and heart and mind, let's give ourselves to God. Mm-hmm.